to the Talking Talent Podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hine. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for giving us your time. That's probably the most valuable commodity out there, and you are offering it to us. Uh, you are listening to the show, and um, that is an unbelievable uh, – it's just unbelievable. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, this week, uh, have a uh, have a trio – uh, trio of guys again. Uh, last week just had uh, even Jason. Even this week uh, we have Kane, uh, Pernell, Ignacio, Risotto, and Marco Turk, and uh, talk about yeah, talk about a, a really a, a, a nice trio of players for all three. Um, go go a, uh, a little bit young with uh, Ignacio. Uh, stick around in uh, Australia with Kane, and then uh, do some. Balkan stuff with uh, with uh, Marco. Uh, as always, uh, this is part of the Taking the Charge Substack. So go to takingthecharge.substack.com. Subscribe to the show. Uh, every every post, uh, you'll get an email notifying you that something else has been published. And you also have the opportunity to become a paid subscriber. Uh, just click on subscribe now and go to the paid subscription part of that link and you can become a paid subscriber. Uh, you get the full uh, um, archives of this show. This show is available for two weeks free on the site and then uh, is put behind the paywall. And then um, you also get uh, access to the Taking the Charge Prospects podcast. Uh, this week we had an interview with Yannick Nzua uh, from from Unica Malaga, the Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, young big young big man um, there in Spain. Uh, so that is part of the paid subscription. Uh, if you look at the price and say, "Ooh, that's a little too much," come to me, drop me a message, let me know what you think. Uh, we can uh, figure something out. Um, yeah, so why don't we just get jump right into it? Uh, no time, no need wasting time. Like I said, it's so valuable. So let's get right to it. Uh, again, we talk to Kane Purnell and then go to Ignacio Rosotto and finish up this week with Marco Turk. Enjoy, and we will talk to you next week. All right, back on the Talking Talent podcast with me from down under uh, there in Australia is Kane Purnell. Kane, welcome back. How you doing? Hey David, I'm good. Um, thanks for having me back on. Uh, enjoying the action down there. Uh, games um, a little bit more regular, if you will. Yeah, yeah. There's um, been heaps more games back on now, and it's um, been great to get some some more games on at a reasonable time for me. Yeah, and um, there's there's still the uh, on the uh, the podcast yesterday time of recording today when it comes when this comes out yesterday. Uh, we had Danny Mills and and of the the GM of Perth and and uh, we was talking about the uh, the the state uh, lockdown base or well well non open border basically which kind of has made Perth a, a permanent or at least temporarily permanent uh, road team uh, is that still the case for them? I uh, yeah I don't I don't know it changes all the time but um the the government over in Perth is pretty strict so I imagine for the foreseeable future they'll still be a road team yeah that's gotta be hard so all right uh we're gonna stick to three guys down under uh with you a couple of australians and uh and then another one of these uh, young um europeans who have come over to try to try his hand at uh, at the nbl uh we're gonna start with uh 
with uh, Rory Hawk, uh, 2004 born uh, with the Center of Excellence NBA uh, Global Academy. Um, hasn't hasn't played uh, national team wise, but that's also because of the um, just the lack of uh, tournaments for his age groups. Uh, so you know those outside of of outside of uh, uh, outside of Australia, other than those who may have seen him at the uh, Global Academy, really haven't seen much of him. So what do you have on uh, Rory Hawk? Yeah, so Hawk's a um, six foot four combo guard. Um, so he's uh. We've been with the Center of Excellence for roughly a year or so now, um, which and he's kind of uh, really broken out in the last year. So he had a strong showing um, the start of last year, then joined the uh, Center of Excellence. Um, overall, he hasn't really been playing basketball for that long. I mean, um, he's a 2004 born, and he's only been playing for about four years now. Um, so his developmental arc, um, you know, from where he's come from, um, not playing for very long, he's gotten quite good very quickly. Um, as far as his build goes, so like I said, 6'4", um, very strong upper body, um, a very physical player. Um, I don't know if any of the listeners know, but um, rugby, um, I don't know if he comes from it, bef- from it for sure, um, but he just looks like that type of player, um, just really, really strong upper body, um, you know, the powerful legs, um, just a, a really, really big guard, basically. So as a player, um, he's an aggressive, really aggressive slasher. Um, you know, he gets downhill. He can handle the ball. Um, like I say, he's a bit of a combo guard. So at times he'll handle the ball um, and get downhill, mainly using pick and rolls, um, or sometimes isolating, or other times when he's playing a bit more off the ball, um, he cuts a bit more, um, you know, playing alongside other guards um, uh, with the academy and stuff. He He's quite a good cutter. Um he gets the rim. Um, he so with his strength, you know, he does overpower a lot of players. Um, he's quite good at putting his shoulder into players, um, getting a bit of separation like that. Um, so he's not the the quickest as far as athleticism goes. Like he's not, you know, um, just going to quickly blow, blow by someone. Um, but with his strength, um, it makes you know his handles, you know, solid, so he can kind of you know cross over, protect the ball, um, and just kind of get to the rim. He does a great job of drawing free throws just with his physicality. Um, and a lot of people just, we um, just, yeah, just a really hard person to guard um, at his size and the way he moves, um, especially for other guards. Um, at the moment for him, shooting is a little bit of a question mark. Um, so like I said, he can kind of play a bit on the ball or off the ball, um, handling the ball off of uh, screens and stuff like that. He has shown like, that he's willing to shoot the ball as soon as he comes off a screen um, when a defender goes under. Um, you know, a lot of the players, the coach, go under on him. Um, he likes to drive. So I'd like to see that that development. Um, every time I've watched him, it seems like he's more willing to shoot the ball. Um, he's definitely shown some improvement in the past year or so um, in his shooting ability. Um, going forward, you know, I want to keep seeing him improve that, um, you know, get his percentages up, Um you know, he's you know, roughly 30% or so. Um, so, you know, keeps bringing that up. Um, it'll just open up the floor more for him to just keep driving. Um, around the rim, his touch, um, it's, you know, pretty pretty good. I wouldn't say it's great or anything like that. Um, but like I said before, how he, he likes to put his shoulder into players, bumps them. Um, and I, as soon as he does that, he's got a great knack of um, bumping them and getting straight up into a little floater or a little, little hook. Um, 
and has a great pursuit of the basketball. Um, if he misses the ball, stays with it, puts it back up, um, that kind of thing. Uh, as he gets downhill off screens, um, really likes to kick the ball out. Um, so he's a great, great at passing out. Um, not, it doesn't happen as much. I think just mainly because of his play style, like players don't really cut as much for him. So you know, it's more of like a two-man game, um, pick and roll. He does find his big man, um, uh, lobs, wraparound passes. Um, but yeah, most of his passes do come once he's draws in a you know a, a rotation from the corner, kicks out. Um, uh, on the defensive end, uh, his defense is quite strong, um, especially at the point of attack. Um, he could probably improve his foot speed a little bit. Um, you know, some, some of the quicker guards, are, you know, a little bit smaller if he does go on to play, you know, college level, um, you know, the smaller guards are a bit quicker. We'll probably exploit him. Um, so he's not probably not going to be guarding them all the time. Um, but he does do a good job of moving, um, and, you know, with his upper body gets, gets, uh, into the ball handler, um, kind of walls them off, um, forces them to pick up the ball, retreat, that kind of thing. Um, off the ball, he's a very high IQ defender, um, makes rotations around the rim, um, can block shots uh, above the rim. Um, yeah, he's got pretty pretty good length. Um, it's not outstanding or anything like that, but um, he's shown the ability to you know, come over and contest shots. Uh, he does a really good job of drawing charges. Um, so for me, he's quite an interesting player um, going forward. I think we're probably going to see him go the college route. Um, you know, he still has this year coming up. Um, hopefully we see him for playing for some Australian junior teams coming up, but um, he's got a definitely a bright future. Yeah. And actually they are, uh, I don't know if they're still, but I know they've been over in the States, the global Academy uh, playing some high schools over uh, there. If you go on, if you put his name in there, uh, in Twitter, you'll find a couple of uh, news items here and there. So they're over there uh, playing against uh, some some high schools in the in the, in the Americas, uh, as well as his as his uh, teammate. Uh, that's Alex Tui, uh, also 2004 born. Uh, he he uh, people will have maybe seen him. He was in this. Uh, <laughs> This game that we keep mentioning uh, anytime, almost anytime we talk about an Australian or, or New Zealand youngster where they played in the uh, FIBA Asia Cup qualifier against each other, uh, he played in, in that game. So uh, also at the Global Academy. So what do you have on uh, Alex Tui? Yeah, so Tui, um, another 2000 football player from Australia. Um, he's actually signed with the Academy. Um, so I'd say Tui's probably about six foot eight, six foot nine. Um Plays a bit as a three, a bit as a four. Um, it kind of depends on um, what age level he's playing at. So, you know, last year playing the under-18s, he played more as a four. Um, when he played up a bit against the under-20s, he was more of a three. Um, so that's something that's going to be interesting going forward with him a bit. You know, he's a little bit of a little bit of a tweener in the at, at this moment. Um, but I do think he's going to grow a little bit taller. Um I think he's going to be a full, a full um, full-time going forward. Um, you know, he's still really thin at the moment, but his arms just go on forever. Um, his, you know, standing reach is massive, wingspan, all of that. Um, you know, he's just always tipping balls around, um, getting his arm into passing lanes, just stuff like that. Um, so on the offensive end, um, he just loves playing around the rim. Um, you know, when he does get to play, the chance to play at the four, he'll just... Um, 
well, he doesn't always just camp out in the paint, but, you know, if he picks the ball up from the perimeter, um, he's got a pretty decent handle at his size. You know, he's quite a skillful player. Um, he just loves driving in, um, attacking the paint, um, just, you know, straight, like, puts his body into players. You know, even though he's not the biggest, he'll, he'll get in there. Um, he's got a great second jump, third jump, that kind of thing. And with his length, um, he just keeps the ball alive. Um, just, you know, a great pursuit for the basketball, like, once again, um, on the offensive glass at a tournament last year, the under 18s, he averaged nearly four offensive rebounds a game. Um, so just around the rim, um, he's just a really, really you know strong player, um, you know, getting to the rim, finishing around the rim. Um, and like I said before, his handle is quite good at his size. Um, you know, he's a quite a skillful player. Um, his passing ability is actually very, very good as well. Um, so, he tends to, you know, as he is driving into the paint, um, he's very good at finding other cutters or finding his big man. Um, so I think you, you do say that more when he gets to play more at the four, which is why I do like him more as a four going forward. Um, just because, you know, it is a, just a bit more of a mismatch and, you know, you really get to see um, the, the passing skill that he has um, when he's going against other bigs, you know, forcing them to move around and a bit more space opens up for him to find cutters and things like that. Um, so as far as uh, as it goes, when he was playing at the three at the under-20s, um, usually find him more, um, spots up a bit more than he does when he wants, when he plays at the four. Um, you know, he, he does cut more off the ball, I'd say. Um, he doesn't just, you know, constantly clog the paint. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure that's something that the... Uh, academy would be working on him with you know but because they do they do play a lot of big lineups you know they'll often see two six ten six eleven guys at the four and five you know his six eight or six nine playing the three so they do have a lot of big lineups um which is you know good for his versatility going forward i guess um but as, as a shooter at the moment um he's rather reluctant um i definitely wouldn't say he's a good shooter um he you know most of his shots, if he's going to shoot, um, it's catch and shoot shots um, when he's spot up in the corner. Um, and for the time being, I don't really see this changing. Um, you know, his touch is, is decent, but for a player that's not very willing to shoot it, um, it's, it's going to take him a while for him to feel comfortable in the games to start taking these shots, I think. Um, another issue I have with this game um, he doesn't really have uh, a bit of an in-between game. Um, so if he does, you know, drive from the perimeter, um, you know, when he's handling the ball, um, he'll tend to just, you know, drive into two players standing at the rim. Um, it's yeah, not so much an issue of tunnel vision, because like I said before, he has the vision to make the passes if there is someone open. It's more just when he gets to the right to the rim, and he's at the rim, he can keep the ball alive and he can score out of these situations. I think just playing against some some better competition, um, he's just going to have to learn a few more counters and, um, you know, just just some other things just to just so that he won't, you know, get defended so easily, you know, just mixing in a little floater or a runner here and there, um, you know, pulling the ball back out um, and just you know, getting the reps in, shooting the ball, um, just to open the floor back up, um, you know, I want to see him start running a few more pick and rolls as well. Um, get these big men rolling to the rim a bit more. Um, but overall, yeah, he's a very skillful player. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't mention him on the defensive end. So yeah, on the defensive end, like I said before, with his length um, tips the ball around, um, can test shots really well at the rim. Um, 
but with he, he does lack some strength, so he's not going to guard bigs all the time. Um, he's better off uh, rotating from the weak side, um, contesting shots um, in that way. Uh, or if you do get him, um, helping out as the um, in a pick and roll, playing as the big, um, he does move really well and uses length and wingspan to cover a lot of ground and. Um, he gets quite disruptive um, in passing lanes, especially in pick and rolls. So, uh, obviously, these guys are in the States right now um, and playing some high schools there. But uh, for, for those who don't know very much exactly, uh, what are what's the competition that these guys are playing against uh, on a let's say weekly basis, you know, I mean, there's, the, so there's the global Academy, the, the center of excellence, who, who are these guys playing, you know, on, on any sort of regular basis? Yeah. So they play, um, well, they have been playing in the, um, well, the NBL one, um, it's kind of the second division in Australia. Um, but because of COVID, they weren't actually able to keep playing in the NBL one. So, so, playing- so they, so they have been playing in, I mean, obviously not COVID, but, because for some reason I, I I I remember them doing that, but I, for some reason I thought that they ended up stop stop doing that. Uh yeah. So not not because playing, of COVID though. Um, I I well the season's over at the moment, but um, it was because of COVID that they weren't able to travel to um Victoria to play in the NBL one. That's okay. what it was originally. Okay. Okay. So, so over the years though, they have been, they have been still playing in, in the, uh, uh, in the uh, NBA. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this season they're going back into it again, okay. creating a new format for them, but yeah, they are playing NBA one again this season. Okay. Um, so 2004 generation. So um, that's uh, under 18 uh, uh, Asia championship this year, uh, which would be qualifiers for under 19, 2023. Where do you see Hawk and Tui sort of at ranking as leaders, role players, whatnot for national team uh, at the under eighteen level this year? Um, if, so if, I, I guess I guess qualifier if we get the tournament to, yeah. to play. Um, if we get it, um, I'd say these two would probably be. Um, so Hawk often on these teams is. Um, right there with Tyrese Proctor as the leading scorer. Um, often he outscores Proctor. You know, he's not necessarily the best player, but um, as a scorer, he's one of the top scorers for the team. Um, and Tui, I'd say, is probably um, on on Hawks' level as far as the talent level. Um, Tyrese Proctor is like the, he's the massive talent in that generation, but these two are, um, you know, both definite um, mid-major, high-major, Div 1 talents, I would say. All right, let's move to the last guy and um, probably one of the uh, there's loads of there were loads of guys co- going to uh, Australia this young guys going to Australia for the season for the NBL and uh, some of them you know you thought okay cool move interesting um, and uh, kind of you know makes sense uh, natural progression I guess if you will and and you know guys like Porti and Diang and and uh what's his name um dick bull uh but one guy who went over was was kind of uh that was totally out of left field and that's nikita uh mikhailovsky from russia 2004 2000 born uh had come up in the uh after uh, saratov system um and played for them and 
you know, was, was, you know, getting VTB minutes, uh, obviously, you know, was a huge part, uh, in, uh, in Russia reaching the semifinals of the under 18 European championship back in, uh, 2018. And, and then, uh, I'm pretty sure he had a triple double, even at the under 19 world cup, uh, in Crete in 2019, uh, and then obviously making inroads into the national team and then uh, signed with uh, the T- Tasmania uh, j- um, Jack Jumpers uh, in, in, in the Australian NBL and really hasn't got much playing time um, and uh, so left people wondering, you know, uh, about the move. Uh, so uh, he did get in a couple of games uh, recently. Uh, so figured though, you know, you figured it would be a good time to talk about him. So why don't you uh, let us know what you have on uh, Nikita Mikhailovsky? Yeah, so Mikhailovsky is um, a six-seven wing, uh, like you said, from uh, after Saratov. Um, had a you know quite a quite a great youth career, um, leading those Russian teams um, to. You know, they didn't win any medals, but you know they're always right there in those competitions there for a couple of years. Um, and he was kind of the main player on those teams. Um, he was tasked with creating quite a bit. Uh, uh, quite a bit. Um, like you said, he had a triple-double back in the 19 World Cup. Um, you know, he kind of operated a little bit as a as a point forward. Um, and, you know, a 6-7 player. Um, he's, throughout his career, you know, he's always been a great shooter. Um, he's shown, you know, a little bit of... Um, well, not a little bit, uh, a lot of creation ability um, uh, for the Russian youth teams. Um, you know, as a shooter, you know, the mechanics don't look great, um, but almost every year throughout his career, he's been at you know, 43% or higher. Um, you know, that season he had 42.5%, but, you know, it's always been that number or higher um, from three throughout his career. Um, and, you know, one of his main, you know, strengths as a shooter is shooting off the catch um you know he's very talented um relocating um you know gets good looks uh away from the ball um and obviously shoots the ball at a high level um you know he does have a bit of a weakness creating his own shot um when it comes to shooting um and i think that's why um if you go and look at his percentages um and you look at these uh youth tournaments you know albert schweitzer the uh under 19 World Cup, the under 18 Euros, his percentages did drop down a lot compared to um, his percentages in senior play. Um, and I think you could probably put that down to um, just how much he did have to create in those teams. And also just that he, um, he definitely um, struggles a little bit um, creating his own shot off the dribble, I would say. Um, so yeah, I guess that, that kind of reflects that there. Um, but you know, for someone at the uh, at these junior levels um, and operating as um, as a bit of a point forward, he showed you know great passing ability. Um, he was able to create, um, especially out of pick and rolls. Um, very very crafty, um, handling the ball. Um, you know, he drove the ball in. You know, very very skinny player, um, but he does have long arms. So you know, even when he was getting in the paint, he was kicking the ball out. Um, you know, all kind of different passes um, he was making. Um, you know, there's not not many players that put up triple-double at the under-19 World Cup throughout the history. Um, but I 
think when he's moved into the uh, the senior levels, he has struggled a little bit more um, when it comes to um, creating. I think so. This is I think this is where you see uh, the the lack of athleticism, athleticism, um, uh, you know, the lack of strength, and his handle isn't amazing. Um, so he just hasn't really been able to create enough of an advantage when he has been handling the ball to break down his man. Um, otherwise, you know, he would be handling the ball more if he could do this. Um, you know, he'd be uh, you know, running more pick and rolls, um, there'd be more plays run for him. Um, but, you know, he just isn't able to do that all the time right now, um, especially at a senior level. I mean, he's shown that for the past couple of years. Um you know, he's shown to be more of a, a spot up, spot up shooter, um, which you know that's definitely not a bad thing. You know, there's different types of players do different things. Um, another thing that kind of has held him back a little bit when he's been creating um, for himself has been um, he isn't great finishing around the rim, um, mainly due to a, a lack of willingness to embrace contact. Um, I think this again comes back to his body. So you know, this is something that could definitely improve um over time as he as he you know gets stronger add some muscle um but you know, he's got a he's got a nice floater um the the touch is pretty good um you know you're not a no there's not many 43 percent shooters out there that have terrible touch um so you know he, he can finish when he gets to the rim i think if he is able to um you know, put on a bit of muscle um get stronger um you know you'd be able to see him probably playing a little bit better around the rim. Um, and again, you know, once he does this, um, he can probably start handling the ball a little bit, be- a little bit more. Um, you know, defences res- would uh, respect that he's going to drive the ball a bit more instead of um, look to pass because, um, you know, he still does look to pass. Um, he's a quite a smart passer. Um, you know, even off the ball, he, he does, you know, he makes extra passes, um, you know, skips the ball around, things like that. Um but I think one of the main problems for um, Mikulowski is um, on the defensive end, uh, he's quite poor, especially the defense uh, at the, the point of attack. He, um, he really struggles to contain the ball at times. Um, you know, his foot speed when he's you know, staying with players, um, he gets, gets blown by a fair bit. Um, in pick and rolls, I'd say he's a bit better. Um, you know, he doesn't move around a whole lot better, but just with his length, um, he kind of kind of tip passes a bit more, um, you know, creates a few more defensive events, steals, blocks, that kind of thing. Um, and off the ball, like he is a overall a smart player. He does make the right rotations, um, you know, and it's, that is valuable to the defensive game. Um, so, you know, like I said, like how he was a terrible defender, that's mainly more on the ball. He's not necessarily terrible off the ball. Um, he knows where to be. He makes the right rotations, um, he just, you know, once again, just gets a bit stronger. He can probably help out a bit more when he does make the rotations. Um, so I think, you know, like you were saying, he's made the move down to Australia and he's played, I don't know, maybe five minutes the whole season. Um, I think he's played in two games and they've been the past couple of weeks. And I think it's just really been a bit of a challenge for him. Um, I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure why he hasn't been playing. Um, you know, I think, there's many people out there that want to know why he's not playing. You would think someone that's, you know, a great spot up shooter um, would be able to get some minutes here and there. 
um, especially considering Tasmania was really struggling at the start of the season. They picked it up now, but at the start of the season, um, it's just a bit strange that he wasn't getting a look. Um, so, yeah, that's it's kind of just a little bit of a question now is, um, is he going to get an opportunity um, in the NBL? Um, because at the moment, it's not looking great for him. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know if you know the next Stars players, um, what their contracts look like, but maybe a move away from the NBL might be the, the next move for him, I think. Um, so kind of going on your, on that, on that latest point, uh, I saw an interview with, uh, Andrew Gaze, where he was talking about, um, uh, about some of the young guys. And so he starts with, uh, there's a lot of talk about, uh, Ariel Porti, the kid from, uh, Melbourne United, Osmani uh, Dieng, um, is another one, uh, in that next stars program. Some of the other ones, and this is where we get into, uh, kind of into, into Nikita, uh, some of the other ones I think are more typical of what you're going to expect with young young players because guys like Tom Digbeu uh, that's in Brisbane and Nikita, uh, Nikita Mikulovsky, the kid in Tasmania, they've hardly played or they or they're play uh, or they've played very little. And that shouldn't be that unexpected because this is a really tough league, <laughs> you know. So um I mean he he played in the VTB, you know, so um uh, you know, that's, uh, Nick, you know, Mikulovsky, but, uh, but still, you know, it's, it's a totally different, uh, system game, everything else. I wonder, you know, 2019, actually, I was there at, in Greece where he had the triple double and, uh, he couldn't do the interview on his own. Um, okay. You know, that was, you know, two years ago, but really, I mean, he, and he didn't even understand the questions where, okay, at least you understand the questions, you know, two years down the road, you know, and, and you have a totally different uh, language, cultural society as well that he's dealing with. I don't know how much that is an impact or not. Um, and, uh, and, and you said uh, not many people do um, uh, are able to do it, um, uh, get a tri- triple double. Uh, he actually had the first triple double in the world cup and U19 world cup since 2013, uh, Dario Saric uh, was the uh, was the one who previously had done that. So uh, um, a, a pretty pretty big feat that he did accomplish there in 2019 in Heraklion. It's a guy, like I said, you know, in the intro to him, uh, it, you know, some of these other guys, you know, Dang and um, and uh, and Hukporti, you know, and uh, Dick Burr, you know, they're like that's an interesting move for them, you know, you know, it's uh, it's, it's but uh, for for Mikulovsky, it was just really weird, you know, and and uh, and uh, interesting to see, you know, what he what he thinks of of all of it. I mean, there's this kind of goes to your debate if you play, um, uh, if you're a youngster and you play against, uh, you play, uh. In, in a lower team or you get, uh, you know, practice against really good players. Um, I don't know if the players around him uh, there in, in Tasmania, I mean, you have, so you have Josh Adams, you have Josh, uh, Josh McGetty, you have uh, Jack McVeigh, you know, is that, does that classify necessarily as, you know, elite level where you, I'm not, I'm not, you know, talking down on the uh, Jack jumpers, by the way, fantastic name. Um but you know, if that's what you really kind of want. So um, anything, anything else on that? No, it's a, you know, very interesting um, situation that many young players, um, you know, experience, you know, not everyone's going to come in, set a legal light, um, 
lots of players are going to struggle. Um, you know, they are young players, um, kind of still learning, um, you know, growing. You know, yeah, like I don't know how his um, English is either, but I'm sure it's a massive, um, you know, culture change for him coming to Australia um, from Russia. Um, so you know, I'm sure. He obviously is, he's given it time. He hasn't just thrown in the towel already, which that's great to see. Um, you just have to wonder, um, are his opportunities coming or is he, uh, is it just going to be continue like this, I guess? Yeah. Uh, interesting that you say that because that is, that's, you know, that's really how you can also look at it is that, you know, not everybody, not everybody's a, a success in, 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 in a, let's say a new route, you know, it's like, you know, you have high schoolers that are able to make it in the NBA, but then you have high schoolers who don't make it in the NBA, you know, and, and this, you know, for whatever reason, and, and we're, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying that it won't work out. Um, but, you know, this is, you know, maybe, maybe he's just having, you know, maybe he's just, you know, dealing with the culture, everything else, maybe he had COVID don't know this at all either, you know, and so everything else that goes along with it. So, uh, all right. Kane, fantastic stuff. Thanks a lot. Uh, why don't you let everybody know where they can uh, find you and, and read your words? Yes, yeah, so, um, on Twitter at Kane underscore Pernell, or you could uh, find my work on ID Prospects. All right, fantastic. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. Uh, thank you, David. All right, back on the Talking Talent podcast, Ignacio Rosato. Ignacio, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for, for having me again as every two weeks. And um, yeah, we didn't have a NGT, which I think we complain about not having a NGT every time we meet. But uh, we had a really good under-16 tournament in, in Santis then uh, a few days ago. Yeah, so I'm, uh, we, we're, I'm excited to recap. We're going to... It, it's it's funny that you know you guys were you know like kind of um searching for people and you know to you know prospects to write to to record about and and, and to be honest i mean there's there's plenty of guys out there that 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 you know every now and again you know you're behind the secret you're behind the curtain whatever I, every, every now and again I'll, I'll throw somebody out there um say well, why don't you do him or why don't you do him um and um um and but now it's like you know all you have to do is like look at the look, look at the um, the guys that you, that you guys want to talk about, and you could tell that there was an event <laughs> in the last yeah. like two in the last two weeks, you know. And, um, and also, I I want to remind people for those of you who maybe don't know or don't remember uh, the type of tournament that Saint Isman generally is. The last time we had this tournament, which was in 2020, that was the first time for me watching Tyrese Proctor. Uh, Usman Njai, who played in, in Bayern Munich at that point, um, and blanking on some names, but it was, oh, yeah, Andrew Sarr from Real Madrid, um, Kaya Mutambirwa, Isan Almanza, and all, all that 2005 generation for Real Madrid. So it was a tournament that was absolutely stacked, and generally sent this then is, is absolutely stacked this year. A bit less because of COVID. I think Barcelona was projected to go and had to cancel at the last second. But it's it's one of the, if not the top U16 tournaments for clubs in Europe. So the guys that generally do well here 
um, are going to do well at the U16s, uh, at the FIBA U16s later on uh, on the year. So it's it's definitely a good starting point for for watching a lot of prospects. This is 2006 generation, so this is under 16, and and so you and and I, I wrote about this in the Substack. Um, you know, um, orange orange one basket Bassano, uh, um, uh, Giacomo Rossi's team, new team down there in Italy, uh, knocked off uh, Stella Azura in the in the final. A couple of other teams you had uh, B, uh, BC Zadar, Buba uh, Zadar from Croatia, uh, Buba uh, BC Buba basketball from Bulgaria. Uh, you had the Hungarian uh, under-16 national team. You had Kristaps Przingis' basketball academy. Uh, you had the Mercedes-Benz K.A. Kekshechmet, something sort of like that. And Gak basketball academy, Gdania, which I believe is the Aseka program there. So, I mean, the big two programs, obviously, you know, Bassano, you know, all the hype or whatever that's kind of surrounding around, uh, around that. And then Stella, you, you kind of wish there were some, inter- some more names there, but you know, still it, it does give us a, a chance to catch up with some other guys. Um, maybe, you know, before we get into too much, I mean, this is, you know, so this is 06 generation. Um, you, you know, it's, I always, I always say that and maybe you can just kind of, I think we're going to kind of go <laughs> off on a tangent before we even start. Um, I, I, I often say that, that, that if you start under 16, that that doesn't mean as much um, as if you start at um, under 18. Uh, and also if you're underage, which I don't think there was, I don't, I don't think there was any, it looks like, I just look, there were a couple of Hungarian national team that were under, under uh, 2007s, but I think everybody else uh, actually looks like Bassano had, uh, there was a couple of, uh, a handful maybe of, of 2007s, but otherwise it was all 2006. And so, and if you dominate under 16, just to, to, it doesn't mean as much because, because it doesn't, because you, you, there's still so much development at, from 16 to 18 as if you dominate at 18 especially dominate at 18 if you're 16 so so maybe because this isn't something that i talk about the others um but but how do you go into reading what under 16 scouting means that's a really great question i would say that the first thing that i look is how tools size and skills combine right so let's let me let me put it this way maybe you see someone dominating at the point guard position and you see him being a bit undersized or average size at this level of competition and then you go and read and the person is five foot nine five foot ten and maybe it doesn't mean as much as having someone who is you know, six foot seven, six foot nine, uh, and having perimeter skills. And maybe those perimeter skills are less developed, but when you find the combination of fluidity, passing vision, touch, whether it is below the rim or as a shooter, um, when you find that combination and you can say, okay, if, if this person uh, puts it all together at this size, you know, it's more valuable than someone who is already polished, but might not have the tools to thrive at the next level. Also considering that 
players, I think, between their 15, 16 years old, and they, they between now and to the point where they reach, you know, their, their peak height, so to speak, uh, they will generally, the, the average male will grow between one or two inches um, from 16, 15 years old to that point. So nothing, which means nothing is set in stone. I think when we saw Franz Wagner at this age, he was six foot four, six foot five, and now he's six foot 10 at the NBA. You won't expect everyone to hit the same growth spurt. But my, my point is don't be afraid if someone is slightly undersized for the position or for the role at this age, because, you know, the, you, you expect those players to grow. So, yeah, um, to summarize, I think you look more for the combination of tools and the potential of skills than someone who is already maybe, you know, the finished product. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants a finished product when there's under 16. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, and, and I think also just, you know, slender frame still you can see that you know that they have to grow into their body whatnot you know it's another you know important uh, thing that people look for as well uh all right let, let's move into the uh, trio of you of guys you have um and first one is uh vito perkovich um 2006 born uh, obviously uh, played for zadar plays for zadar um and this is actually somebody somebody people could know already saw him last year at the under uh under 16 FIBA under 16 european challengers and um and uh you know put up some decent numbers there uh you know had uh, had a big last game against germany with 13 points 10 uh 14 rebounds um and uh so what do you uh what do you have on the young uh, v- uh vito perkovich yeah, so Perkovic was, like you mentioned, in the in last year's U16 Challengers. I think between him, uh, Ben Saraf, and Demir Dogan from Turkey, and probably I'm forgetting some other names, but I think those were, uh, with Perkovic, were probably the early standouts from that 2006 generation. And I think Perkovic kind of reprised a lot of, of the, the good things we saw from him in those tournaments. Um, so the first thing is the size for me, six foot eight, uh, has really grown in, into his frame, uh, wide shoulders, really strong for his age. And, you know, if we go by what I said of players growing more, I think if he go, grows to six foot nine, six foot 10, you could, um, you know, play him comfortably at the center position at at any level of competition. Uh, but it's not just the, str- the strength. I think the biggest thing for me is that combination of size with ball handling ability and, and fluidity, just an impressive ability to, you know, keep the ball on, uh, keep the ball close to the ground to attack off the dribble for his size uh, and how he's able to, uh, create his own drives. Obviously, I don't expect him to, you know, really create drives in isolation at the next level, but certainly someone who could put the ball on the floor, 
um, you know, attack bigs, attack similarly sized opponents in closeouts and, and, and in straight lines. And he knows, you know, certain moves like, you know, pass fakes or pump fakes that get defenders off balance and allow him to get downhill at, at a good speed. Um, whenever he's driving, he creates a, a ton of gravity just because of that size and that ball handling ability. It's really hard to defend one-on-one in those situations. So whenever there was a pass, whenever there was um, a help defender, you know, coming from the corner or coming from the dunker spot, he was able to see the teammates and, and find them with, uh, with flashes of creativeness. Um, you know, he knows bounce passes. He knows, um, you know, he's quick to read a defense, which goes a long way. Um, and then I think he also played a, a ton on the post. He got um, the ball. He was able to uh, establish the, the position uh, and show the co- coordination and footwork also on the post to find the open spaces and to resolve isolation and post-up situation with fluidity and with versatility as a finisher. Um, the defense, I don't think he's the most explosive rim protector, and he certainly didn't play with a ton of urgency you know, to, to protect the rim. But definitely due to his size and strength and length, uh, a presence on the boards, um, he can dominate the game just by standing near the rim and not allowing offensive uh, rebounds. Uh, I think probably the next step for him is to see how much he develops as a shooter. He showed flashes, the mechanics are there, the results and the volume aren't really there at this point. But I think when you, you know, combine those mechanics with the touch he showed around the rim, uh, I think he could develop into a pick and pop thread in the future, with, which I think would allow him. Uh, to be more, even more valuable at the next level. So I think uh, it was an auspicious tournament for for Perkovic, who will be able, just like every other player in this tournament, will be able to play at the U16 um, Europe tournaments again this summer. And you know, I can I can wait to uh, see what he uh, becomes in the future. But certainly a player that you know. As of this point, I project him to be uh, a really impactful professional player down the line. Yeah, you mentioned the under-16, FIBA under-16 European Championship that is uh, scheduled for this year. Um, The uh, Croatians did not qualify for the uh, under-17 World Cup from their Mm. group. Was, do you know? Who qualified from their group? I think it was Germany, right? No, no. Mm. Actually, a guy that we were talking about off air. Hmm. Oh, uh, you just tweeted about him actually, just just before we. Oh! Oh! Wow! Oh, I didn't realize that Poland. Yeah. Qualified. Poland. That's... Poland went through the group with Germany, Croatia, and Latvia and Bulgaria. We talked. Wow. We talked two weeks ago about all the Bulgarians, right? And yeah, Bulgaria That's... was zero and zero and four. Poland four and zero. Beat Germany, Croatia, it... Latvia. All of them. So it's crazy because when you ask me about that group, all I remember is, you know, Martin Kalu mm-hmm. getting like 40 points a game and Declan Duru dunking on everybody. And, and, yet, and, uh, yet, 
Poland, and, yeah, uh, baby. Don't, Bonga. don't forget well. about us, Poland. Yeah, yeah. That 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 shows you how much into scouting individual players we are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I for am. sure. Oh, for <laughs> sure. For Versus sure. Uh, team success. I'm sorry, Poland. I'm sorry. Yeah. I so, wish I could so, talk about. I wish I could talk and rave about Sterniki, who I think is a is a tremendous player. Well, he'll be on be that a, team. You know, he wasn't he wasn't on the team in uh, at under six at under at the under sixteen. But I'm sure he'll be man, he'll, after, he'll be playing after up this sure. year. After this year, after what he did in this tournament, he should be. They they also had uh, Simon Nowitzki in uh, Poland, right yeah. from 2005. That's one of my favorite players of that generation. They're they're gonna make some noise at at the at the World Cup. I can wait to. to yeah, it'll be them. interesting to see what they're what they're able to do for sure, for sure. Um, okay, so next guy, and uh, we're gonna get into some hung- Hungarian hoops. Uh, it's funny we we geeked out on 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 Bulgarian hoops two weeks ago, and now we're was it two weeks ago that we did that, or was it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So and now and now this week we're going to do some Hungarian hoops, um, and it's uh, Boltond uh, Mazaros, uh, and he yes. was playing for Kekshemet. Um, I don't even yes. know if that's close. Um, the, uh, Thank you for pronouncing it and not letting me do it. Thank yeah. Well, I so guess much. I have to take responsibilities here and there. So, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but he played for that team, and uh, I'm not gonna I'm not going to repeat it, and. Um, uh, he also play, he also plays in the in the EYBL. Um, but so so, what do you have on on uh, on ben, on uh, Boton uh, Mazaros? Yeah, so Mazaros was a player that actually I watched him first at the EYBL. I thought he was one clearly the standout player in that team, and you know he reprised that that uh, role and that responsibility here at at Santish. Um, Sesaros, six foot four, really long arms. Um, and I just love his ability to score the ball. Um, he's a, a versatile scorer in the sense of, you know, being able to put the ball on the floor. Um, really someone who loves to make, to attempt and to make tough shots. Um Loves contact, loves getting to the line. He's aggressive with his mentality. If he sees an open lane, he will exploit it. He, you know, won't shy away from contact. And, you know, most of the times he he was able to make them. Um, You know, I kind of worry a bit about his ability to explode and, you know, get by his, not, not exactly getting by his men because he is able to do that uh, with his combination of, you know, fluidity and strength. Uh, but I worry a bit of his ability to create separation uh, after getting by his men. That's why he relies so much on tough shots, but he shows uh, an impressive level of touch that, you know, allows him just to convert against everybody. And I, I think that's super valuable. And, you know, he combines that. If he was just a driver, it wouldn't be so impressive. But he combines that with uh, an impressive ability to shoot. Uh, I would say that uh, he's able to make jumpers on a number of, um, you know, on a number of situations. He was, you know, shooting off the catch. He did it uh, coming off screens off the ball and 
you know, also being able to set feet really quickly, shoot over the defense. He did it as well. And also able to shoot off handles. He shows range. He can, I think, be a reliable shooter from NBA range right now. Uh, and when you combine that with his wing size and his ball handling ability, I think um, it's always important to have someone uh, that who can guard two, two guards and threes and you can give the ball to, to them and, you know, let them create a shot late in the shot. Uh, I think that goes a long way. And we go back, the combination of size, fluidity, uh, touch at the rim and touching jumpers uh, is some, something that I always on the list. So, yeah, I expect Masaros to be, you know, the player from this generation in Hungary, him, him and the other player we're going to mention, mention right now. Um, but, yeah, I expect a lot, uh, a lot of great things for, from him. I want to see him at the under-16s to know what those great things are. If, if I were to, you know, give a very, very early um, impression, maybe not NBA, but certainly a player that could play pretty much in any team in Europe, you know, six, eight years down the line. Uh, and it's crazy because we're talking about under 16 players, so six years down the line, he it's will still, still be 22. super young. Player. 21, 22. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, so, so hey, man, hey man I, I, you guys could choose whoever you wanted. You could talk about the 21 year old <laughs> if you want to, but no, I want to go my 2006ers. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love. I know. Because, you, I know. You, know you, you especially you guys there at ID prospects. You guys, you guys go. You know, really young, which is cool because you, you know, you give you give a lot of us uh, some insight into what what was coming down the down the pipeline. Exactly. So um, I think he's going to be someone who develops into that type of, you know, European high level type of starter at the very least. But you know, as with everything, I think this year's. FIBA Under-16 uh, European Championships will give us a lot more clarity on a lot of his players. All right, next next guy is also Hungarian, and he played for the Hungarian national team here, um, and that is uh, Sigmund uh, Giruak. Um, uh, looks like he probably plays for Hunved. Uh, I imagine that might be his club, but uh, uh, the, the, the team, um, uh, the, he played for the national team there. Uh, so, what do you have on the uh, on the forward, Zygmunt uh, Gyurk? So, yeah, this is the first time that I watched Gyurk, unlike uh, the other two players I mentioned. Um, I think a lot of what I said about um, Mesaros also um, applies to Gyurk, especially because of the size at fit four. Uh, and being just someone who is aggressive to attack the rim. Um, I love, with his ability to attack the rim, I love the hang time and the ability to readjust mid-air. He shows impressive length. Obviously, I don't have a wingspan measurement, but I think it's at least plus three, so six foot seven wingspan. Um, I think... You know, that gave him the ability, that plus the hang time gave him the ability to, you know, when he was mid-air, he was able to readjust 
He was able to finish with versatility, with reverse layups, with floaters. And also, if the finish wasn't there, he was able to make the pass mid-air a couple of times, which was incredible. I think the, the body control for him is definitely a plus. Um, and then he combines that with a lot of ability to create shots from the mid-range. Uh, he was able to, you know... Uh, come with the ball at really high speed, stop from a dime and, you know, shoot from the short corner or the elbow. And, you know, he's still mostly reliant on, on mid-range for those shots, but also was able to create some shots from beyond the line. He, in, in one of the games, hit a, um, a buzzer shot. I think it was uh, at the end of the third quarter, uh, just hit a sidestep three from the three-point line extended uh, in, in the corner. So that's tremendous range and just drilled it. So someone who also shows a lot of touch both at the rim and, uh, and from beyond the three-point line, which is certainly uh, super um, uh, valuable. Uh, but also I think he showed some... Um, you know, complementary skills that will take him even further than, you know, just the, the scoring. Uh, his length allow him to create turnovers, getting in the passing lanes, uh, or just simply containing ball handlers and picking their pockets. Uh, also use his length to get in the offensive glass a lot. I don't think, given that he's six foot four, I don't think that's going to translate a whole lot to the next level. I don't think you're going to see a guy getting uh, three offensive rebounds per game, but he certainly can help uh, your team getting extra possessions, whether it is in the passing lanes or getting the occasional, um, you know, the occasional offensive rebound. And then, you know, he also did some, some uh, passing on the move was super reactive. Uh, like I said, uh, he's able to deliver the ball mid air. Uh, which uh, is always nice to see. So definitely one impressive tournament for Jörg. Um, I'm expecting him and Maseros to team up at the U16s uh, in the European Championships and just, you know, wreck, <laughs> wreak havoc on opposing wings uh, when they have to face Hungary. Uh, again, I, I will get a lot more clarity on him when those U16 tournaments came, come, but considering the size, the length, uh, the passing on the move and the multiple levels of scoring, uh, I would say that he starts to project really well, again, as a starter for any team in Europe four, five, six years down the line. Um, so... Actually, I was looking around, um, and there is actually an Agustin Mazaros as well, 2006 born. I guess Mazaros is a somewhat common name in Hungary, in, uh, Hungary so I'm not sure if they're brothers at all. And actually, this this Agustin who was also who was uh, with the national team, whereas um, mm. whereas Batond was with the well, he's listed with the national team. So I don't know how much you, you'd have to see how much he. he he played um and he was actually uh where am i uh what's the date on that oh yeah that was i was 
that was January. Uh, and, and that's saying that he was actually with uh, Central Basket Academy there in, uh, in, in, um, in Spain. Yeah. In Spain, in Madrid. With Real Madrid's actually a partner. So uh, there might be actually a connection there. Uh, that's all the quick, all the connection that I could find right now. Um, but, it, <laughs> but so maybe they brought him over for this tournament. I don't know. Maybe he was supposed to come. I don't know. Um, and, and you mentioned, and you mentioned the under 16 European championship, but Hungary, uh, Hungary, Hungary will be playing actually uh, Division B, so we won't be able to see oh. those uh, against the the likes. Uh, they've actually been in Division B for quite some time. Uh, last time in Division A was uh, 2008. 2000, oh. 2008. Hmm. I don't want to go into try to find out who that was, but that was a. <laughs> uh, I think I think they definitely have an opportunity to. Um, turn things around and, you know, finish really high there. Obviously, Division B, like, Division B is really competitive. There's a lot of teams there. Um, and and you have to go through, um, you know, any something teams trying to make it to Division A. Generally, I don't know how they're going to do it this year. But I, I, I think they, they have a chance. I think that's a team that's going to be really competitive. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they, they, they're back in Division A for the first time in, what, 15 years by 2023? So who knows? Yeah. And uh, what was the thing I wanted to say about uh, Poland? Oh, man. Losing my... Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> so, so um, actually, I don't even know it was today. Um, uh, well, I guess they were announced in the last couple of days, whatever. Um, Poland is the second biggest riser in the FIBA world ranking presented by Nike at the youth men's uh, level. They are currently ranked at the youth men level at number 49, up 29 spots. Um, and so I can imagine that uh, finishing that, you know, taking the challenger spot uh, definitely played a big, big role in that. Um, can I ask you? Sure, can I sure. ask you where where Uruguay is? I knew, I, I figured that would come, but I, I wanted to stay on Poland since we were geeking out on Poland a little bit. So forty nine, they're twenty third in Europe, um, and that so it's behind Belgium, wow. behind Ukraine, behind GB, North Macedonia, Estonia. That's what gets you. Netherlands, Netherlands, the biggest riser um, at thirty four, up twenty nine spots. So the same number of spots. Uh, you want Uruguay. Um, <laughs> how am I going to do this? I'll do Americas. Uruguay is number 10 in the Americas. Number 58 in the world. They're, they're behind Panama and behind uh, Mexico, behind Chile. What? Yeah. So it goes USA, of course, Canada, Canada, the big dropper uh, from number two to number four. Spain, number two jump up a spot in France, number three, jump up a spot, Canada drop down. So it's USA, Canada, Puerto Rico, uh, Argentina at 16 youth level. Uh, they don't, they, they participate everywhere, but don't win very much. Dominican Republic, 23, 28 is Brazil. Then jump down Chile. Yep. Uruguay. The only two teams you guys are ahead of are Virgin islands and Ecuador. I, I, I'm going to be a hard disagree on that one. Uh, I, yeah, but I mean, you know, the, the tragedy is that the last U16 Americas 
their teams qualified because of their ranking, because there couldn't be a U15 South American championship. And we were like just one spot behind Chile. And yeah, I, I think we would have gotten some points if we were. Well, and to now, that. and now actually, <laughs> so from last, from the last, uh, from the last uh, ranking, they dropped, uh, Uruguay dropped 21 spots down to 58. So yeah, that, that was 47. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, you ruined the rest of my day. So thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, come on. <laughs> you knew there were, you, you asked, you asked. It's not, don't yeah, blame yeah. me. I, I, All right, so, I so, brought so, that on myself. So where, where yeah. do you, who, how do you, how can I, how can I make you happy? What do you want me to rankings wise? How do you, how can I make you no, happy? No, no. The, the, the only thing that would make me happy next time I'm coming with uh, a null Uruguayan uh show i'm talking about that, Santi, that's, that's, that's your choice i'm man. talking You're about Ubal. yeah 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 I, I i have to do one of those at the end of the season I well, how about how about season. how about the biggest riser in, in all of youth men's basketball being Ghanaian? Who is? oh yeah up, they definitely up 32 it, yeah. th- uh 32 spots to number 42 in the world uh, a lot of future in that team. I, I really expect them to, you know, be uh, in, in those conversations, in those spots that we generally see Mali and Senegal and Egypt. And Egypt, exactly. I think they're... And, and then Nigeria, Nigeria is fourth still. Um, but then right after them is uh, 40 and then 42 is Guinea. So it's, 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 uh, it's tight there, you know, so... And even and even uh, Congo Democratic Republic Congo is uh, is 45, 46 is Algeria. So there's a big uh, that's the big Af- actually Angola then at forty seven. Angola just you know they need to you know slowly you know turn things around you know um, at that level. So yeah. Okay. All right, Ignacio. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you, read your words, and we will head on out. Yeah. So. I'm on Twitter at Airball, E-Y-R-E Ball. Recently, I started writing for Pro Insight, underscore Pro Insight on Twitter, prospectiveinsight.com. Uh, they do a really great work with grassroots in the U.S. And, you know, Jason Felipe, who is also in this podcast, is there doing international, um, you know, lending a hand in the international uh, coverage as well. Uh, and also ID prospects, id-prospects.com at ID prospects. Now, uh, Antonio Diaz from Portugal is running things there, doing a great job. Recently, they put up a newsletter with, uh, you know, recent tournaments. Uh, they have an interview with Moby Keburuka from uh, GBA Academy uh, in the Czech Republic. So, yeah, a, a lot of interesting stuff there, like you mentioned, and like I always mentioned in ID Prospects. Prospects three, four years on the line from NBA, and we got you covered. So, yeah, all, all, all of those. All right, fantastic stuff. Um, I would actually say we will talk to you. Yeah, I guess we will talk to you in two weeks, um, but very well, because we could be doing uh, ANJT Milk Belgrade coming up, coming up, everybody. Yeah, not too far away. Let's go. All right, All right man. Ciao.
All right. Back on the Talking Talent podcast with me from Slovenia is Marco Turk yeah, with Eurospecs. Marco, welcome back. How you feel? Thanks for having me again. I'm great. How about you? Great to hear great. Uh, don't hear great very often. So happy that uh, what, what's 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 so I, I'm a I'm generally a positive person. So um, uh but uh, what's what's so great about being uh, 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 what's so be what's so great right now? How you, what's what's been going on? Well, the weather is nice. I mean, it's sunny out there. It's warm again. So spring is up here. So spring is in the air almost. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, getting uh, getting excited about uh, we hear the news actually just before recording. Uh, there there was a uh, message that the. Albert Schweitzer has been canceled for April. Uh, we still have our fingers crossed for the for the AJT Munich. Looking forward to that. Have you started your research? Yeah, I mean, I already forgot about the Albert Schweitzer tournament. Yeah, like right. it was like when was the last time it was happening? It was like it should be in uh, 2018. 18, 2018 yeah. was the last one. Yeah, exactly. In 2020, it was also canceled. So. All hopes now on the NGT. Yeah, I hear you. But Germany's been one of the more cautious countries so far, and and I don't know what what these uh, what these wonderful people there in Serbia are doing with uh, Partizan and Svezda games and stuff like that. It's kind of hard to believe that uh, they would go and, and cancel um, to cancel a game, uh, cancel a tournament. Uh, you know, maybe no fans which, you know, really wouldn't be that much, you know, wouldn't really that be that crazy, but who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there will be many fans of that games. Usually they're not that many, like hundreds of people, those ANGT tournaments. So if it will happen, I think fans will be allowed normally. Uh, well, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Um, let's get to uh, your guys this week. Um, and uh, we're going to start off with a 2002 born uh that being uh luca shuka and uh, he is playing with the cooperation set of vida olympia lupriana and uh we've seen him at uh, play for slovenia in the couple of tournaments already uh played at the uh, 2018 U16 uh, was helped help the country win bronze at the uh, U18 European Championship in 2019, and then uh, was on the winning team that uh, that took the uh, under 20 European Championship uh, European Challengers. Sorry, uh, this this past summer 2001, uh, and uh, also playing uh, at, at Olympia. Uh, has gotten a couple of uh, he's gotten actually five games it looks like already in the um, in the Euro Cup which you know 2002 born uh, so he'll turn 20 uh, later this year uh, you know it's it's a it's a good sign you know but you know and and there's a lot of talent a lot of great players uh, on that team uh, f- uh, as for people who have been following the uh, gone traveling show no uh, you know we talk a lot about Sedavita and, and really kind of how they're disappointing right now that's really not w- what we're what we're talking about here. Um, so what do you have on, on uh, young Luka Shuka? He started playing basketball in Novogorica and went through their youth system before he joined uh, the Vito Olympia uh, last season on a four-year contract. 
of, let's say that he's their next project and there are plans to develop him into a player for the highest level. But as you said, unfortunately, he isn't getting that much playing time of last season. He didn't play a lot in the Adriatic League and in the Eurocup, but that was his first season on that level. Uh, he came from Nova Gorica, which is playing in third Slovenian league. So it shouldn't be expected that he will be immediately a part of the rotation. But in the second half of the season, when David Olympia joined the domestic league, he played some very good matches and drew the attention from people that weren't so familiar with his game. Uh, that were the first few matches in the domestic league when Olympia played mostly with the youngsters and Stuka had some 20-plus point games and was dominant against some of the uh, best teams in Slovenia. Those aren't really the top-level teams by European standards, but still, when an 80-year-old kid that hasn't played a lot in the whole season just comes out confident and manages to dominate on senior level, that raises some eyebrows. But later, when those players and uh, the main players from Sedevito Olympia that played in Adriatic League and Eurocup uh, joined the team and started playing in Domestic League, uh, his minutes dropped again. Uh, as said, uh, this uh, summer, he was behind Gregor Glass and Bina Prepelic, uh, who is, by the way, the cousin of Klaman Prepelic, the third-best scorer of the Slovenian under-20 team that won the challenger. Uh, he was struggling a little with his shot and had some bad three-point percentages at that tournament, but still showed some of his talent. Uh, in the start of this season, he got some opportunity in Adriatic League and Eurocup, but the results from the Olympia uh, weren't that good and coach shortened the rotation and Stuka was somehow left behind. From time to time, he got a few minutes, but he looked a little rusty when he was on the floor and his moves and reactions weren't, weren't uh, really that quick as he's capable of. Uh, now in last period, he's again getting some minutes, but usually that happens when the games are decided already and he comes on the floor, uh, brings some energy to the team. Uh, he shows great instincts for offensive rebounds and secures quite a lot of second-chance opportunities for his team. And when the time is right, there is also a special set uh, played for him when he makes a baseline cut, and usually the point guard delivers him a lot pass, so Stuka can throw down an alley-oop dunk and make the fans excited. Uh, when you look at his size and athleticism, uh, he has the body and tools of a modern wing player that nowadays teams are looking for. Uh, he's not that good as an isolation player and his handlers are quite loose. So that is an area where I see some room for improvements. But on open court, he showed a few times that he can uh, push the ball and he didn't look that bad. Uh, probably the best role for him is an off-ball wing. Uh, as mentioned, his court awareness is great. He anticipates very well where the ball will go and also has great feeling for cuts. Uh, I'm not completely sold on his shot yet, and he has some hot and cold performances, so hard to say how consistent he can be as a shooter. But again, it's hard to be consistent if you're not playing much and every game. Uh, there is a lot to like in this hit, and I think he has a bright future ahead of him. 
but he needs to be persistent and still work on his game and not lose all the confidence, even though he's not get, getting much playing time. But I'm sure uh, his time will come and that we will be able to show uh, his talents. Yeah, I mean, it's it's t- it's good. It's tough for him to, to, to break that lineup. You know, you look at the, the wings they have already and, you know, Dragic and Blazic and Muric. I mean, these are these are national teams, Slovenian national team guys. Um, you know, you even also have uh, a gym on the uh, on the outside as well a little bit. And um, so, you know, those are some serious some serious dudes there. Um, you know, you, you do have to look at the, the other guys that they have in their program you know, and, and, and see that there is, there is the long-term commitment to youngsters, uh, Dushek's there, um, uh, Deneo's there, um, you know, Chiani's there, you know, there's, there are some pretty, um, some, some, you know, some pretty good talent in that program. Um, he, it's, he turns, so he's, he's 2002 born. He will turn, uh, 20 at the end of the season, May, May 23rd of his, is his birthday. Uh, so, you know, right at the end of the season. So, you know, you kind of wonder, okay, if the, he's definitely higher level than, you know, third division, uh, you know, with Nova Gorica. Um, but you know, it's almost, I can't say it's too late, but, uh, you know, this actually, you know, if you're set a Vita, yeah, maybe say uh, maybe you know loan him out somewhere else for this season. You know, ahead of time, see okay, you know we have we have some big wings and and stuff like that. And and if we definitely want to have him play a lot of minutes, it would have been uh, good to have loaned him out this season. Not questioning what Sevilla do or don't do, um, but you know there there is always that dynamic as well. And you know there's a lot of teams in in the Balkan that they could maybe work with. And so I don't, I don't know. Is that something you think that may I, may have helped give him the exposure that he means. Then again, you're, you're looking, you're, you, you know, you're, you're di- working on a daily basis alongside guys like Jacob Poland, your point guard, you have, uh, um, you know, Blazic, uh, you have Murich, you know, Omich came over, Far- Farrell came in, you know, t- obviously Dragic, um, you know, so there's the old debate, you know, veterans working alongside veteran getting a couple of minutes or you know playing get making your mistakes what what do you think i mean they have a lot of players on loan already uh, they have rok radovic and cedevita junior in zagreb so they have egor sitnikov for example he's also signed for them and nizhny novgorod on loan uh, duschak ciani or an Illyria. so they probably thought that Stuka is the one that could be a part of the rotation in okay. this season, but maybe he disappointed them in the first matches. And now, like when the results are were poor, and now getting like limited minutes. Yeah, especially the, the the you know results. You know they're you know right now still in a actually still in a dogfight for a Euro Cup uh, uh, playoff spot. You know for round of sixteen. You know they're they're. You know they haven't been able to 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 really put together wins, even though they have so much talent. Um, let's move to the next guy, and uh, kind of a, a different, definitely a different sort of uh, uh, different uh, um, journey. Uh, name is uh, Sam- Samson Rushenchev, Rushenchev, somewhere in in that. Sorry, uh, uh, Samson and his family uh, for the mispronunciation. Uh, Russian. Uh, went over to the states. Went to actually high school in in Tennessee, 
and then uh, actually spent the spent last season at the University of Florida, and uh, didn't get much playing time. Uh, had played at the played for Russia at the under eighteen European Championship back in two thousand nineteen, and um, was actually I guess considered one of the uh, McDonald's All Americans uh, uh, there in in from Florida. Uh, and now is at Mega, one of uh, another you know interesting name at at at, uh, at Mega, and uh, has had a couple of really good games, but in general, just a couple of uh, in general has been productive in the minutes that he's uh, playing. Uh, did have a twenty point game against Partizan. Um, so your thoughts on Samson Ruzentsev? Yeah, Rojenso, I think it's the right pronunciation. But I could you sound, be wrong. You sound confident. <laughs> yeah, I could be wrong too. So, uh, yeah, another mega player. Uh, this is his first pro season, and there aren't many better places to start your pro career than mega, where they just trust their young guys and they are allowed to make mistakes. So, from that point of view, I would say he made the right decision to start his pro career right after his freshman season as the, at the Gators. Of, I talked about Chuka before, and Ruzhenso has some similar qualities in his game as Chuka. He's also a much better as an off-ball player, uh, has good size for a wing, long arms, good athlete. So there are some similarities between them. And at the same time, they're also different. Uh, Ruzhenso is at the moment a better shooter, especially this season in Mega. He's making his shots with high percentages and is at the moment one of the best spot-up shooters in the league. But he missed a few matches in the beginning of the season, so the sample size isn't that big. But still, he is converting the shots and he can't be left open. Uh, the release looks good and repeatable, in my opinion. And I think... I think teams always need players like Ruzhenso who are making those open shots. Uh, where I see some areas to improve in his game is his decision-making in transition or on drives. I mean, I love it when I see how aggressive he goes to for a finish and he already made some nice and attractive dunks on drives, but then transition, he sometimes just puts his head down and uh, goes down the lane, not really conscious if there is some defense in front of him or not. And sometimes this leads for a tough finish, but sometimes also to a turnover. And I think he could read those situations better uh, when it would be wiser to stop the transition and look for a better shot. But that can also depend on the coach and the system he's playing in, because if you demand a fast-paced game, with early shots, uh, that will also lead to more mistakes like this. Uh, he doesn't initiate a lot in offense, except when he's pushing in transition. Uh, from time to time, he has some catch and drive plays when he comes off screen or is just attacking a closeout. But there aren't really many plays uh, for him where he could play in isolation. Um, because of his athleticism, he's also versatile and useful as a defender. Uh, he covers much ground and can fix some mistakes from his teammates. Uh, he could be a little smarter when he's defending the ball handler. And he sometimes plays just too aggressive defense and stays too close. And those better players go by him. But 
still he is athletic and he's able to recover. And with more experience, I think he can become a good two-way wing. Of, I'm not sure if he'll make it into the NBA. In my opinion, he has the potential tools to play there, but he could make a very nice career in Europe because he has most of the tools that uh, modern wings need for playing in Euro Cup and in Euroleague. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, uh, you know, like you said, it's a team that is, is, you know, willing to play their youngsters. And I mean, and you, you, the only time he played more than, uh, 22 minutes was the game against Partizan and, you know, drained three threes and scored 20 points. And, uh, then you look at the FMP game and in 16 minutes, uh, had six turnovers, you know, I mean, shooting 57% on three pointers, you know, so, you know, it's, um, it's, he'll, yeah, I mean, he'll, yeah, go sorry. Uh, he usually played great against, against those top teams. I mean, he had eight points against Cervantes Vezda, uh, nine against Vodochnost, I think 13 against the Vito Olympia. So exactly. those are the Euro Cup and Euro League teams, and it's not easy to score against them. Yeah, uh, he he will turn um, – he'll actually play the entire rest of the season at 20. He doesn't turn 21 until um, October 23rd, so the beginning of, of, next, uh, of next season. Uh, and to finish off, our third guy is uh Luka Krajinovic. Um, looks like he came up in the Serevita uh system, moved to Bosco, uh, Zagreb, and uh, and then uh, last month came over to uh, to Sabona, uh, played at the under 16 European Championship back in 2019. And and then uh, this past summer, played a so let's see so I played under twenty European challengers uh, at seventeen right uh, yeah at seventeen uh, and uh, you know averaged almost double figures uh, there and uh, you know more than four assists you know so a seventeen year old uh, some pretty solid numbers at uh, under twenty. Uh, tournament. So, your thoughts on uh, Luka uh, uh, Karanovic, uh, uh, 2004 born? As you said, uh, Karanovic played for Bosco before, and that's a club from Zagreb that plays in the Croatian second league. And he was actually one of their best players in the second league and averaged 15 points and four assists per game, uh, which are great numbers for a 17 year old kid playing against grown men. Uh, last season, uh, he led his Bosco team to the championship in the Croatian under-17 league and at the final tournament uh, he was really dominant over the competition uh, he flirted with a triple-double uh, basically on all games with 20 or 30 points and around 10 rebounds and assists so no surprise there that he was the MVP of that tournament uh, this kind of versatility and all-around game uh, makes him one of the most interesting guards in his generation and at the moment, one of the most interesting guard prospects coming out of Croatia. Uh, he can play on both guard positions, but is, in my opinion, better when he has the ball in his hands and initiates the offense. Uh, as mentioned, he can put some good scoring numbers, a pretty good shooter already uh, for a player his age. But from time to time, some bad nights happen when he can't make any shots. But I think over time, there will be less and less games like this and that he will be more consistent. Uh, he has great size and knows how to use it. When he goes downhill, it's not that easy to stop him. 
Uh, he's smart and knows how to initiate the contact and finish through it. Uh, he's not really a plus athlete, but has quick change of pace and good first step and usually has no problem beating the first line of defense and get to the rim. Uh, with the size, he's also capable of seeing the floor over the defenders and swing the passes all around the floor, uh, has very good court vision, and he makes good decisions how to connect the offense together. Uh, he'll probably need a year or two to get used to the physicality level of Adriatic League, and I don't think uh, that he will get many minutes there in this season. But if Sibonam is serious with going in the direction of developing uh, young players, I think he will be a part of the rotation and next seasons and getting more and more important role in the team. Uh, since there is no team from Croatia at the ANGT tournament, I could imagine that Krajnovic could be a part of one of the next generation teams. Uh, don't know uh, at the moment how they will make those teams but probably we will know more of that in the next days. So I could imagine Krajnovic playing in the Belgrade team at the end of the month. Uh, anyway, there is, there is a lot to like in his game. Uh, he can offer a lot on the offensive end uh, from scoring to playmaking. Uh, I know this will sound uh, wrong and stupid, but there are some similarities in his strengths and weaknesses and also in his playing style and the playing style of Luka Doncic, uh, don't get me wrong again, so I don't end in Croatian newspapers again with comparing a Croatian guard to Luka Doncic, and I'm not comparing the ceiling of and the talent of both players and making like generational talent out of Krajnovic and saying that he'll be the next Doncic, but just comparing the ways they both play, uh, Doncic is doing everything on a much, much higher, faster, and better level and this is one of the reasons why he was the best player in Euroleague and why he's one of the best players in the game in the NBA now but Krajnovic is also doing some of the stuff on an above average level and I believe he can make a good career here in Europe I mean it's it's unfair to anybody to compare anybody to uh, uh, to Doncic but you know there there are you know, Dutchess is a is a style of player now. You you know you do have to say you know you can compare the style of play. You know you know style of play to Kobe. Yeah. Is he Kobe? Of course not. Is it you know he's a style of player of Durant. Is he Durant? No, but he plays you know that style if you will at that same level. No, but so I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm just defending and defending the the idea that people can now say, right, it, it's legitimate. You can compare people uh, to the style that Doncic plays. Um, uh, uh, I, I, I do want to make a correction before anybody comes in and says, you know, Dave, you don't know what you're talking about, which is, you know, uh, is not un, unlike, is, is not un, un, untrainial. Uh, I, of course, everybody makes mistakes, and I, but I do want to catch it before anybody else uh, does mention it. Uh, that was the under-18 European challengers. I said under-20. Uh, he was at under-18 uh, under, uh, under 18 European challengers this this past um uh, this past summer. And, uh, you know, so he is 2004 born and, uh, won't turn, uh, won't turn 18 until the end of April. And, um, and, uh, so he would be, uh, he'll likely be, uh, I would imagine one of the leaders of this year's, uh, under 18 European, uh, uh, under 
18 Croatian team for the European Championship, looking ahead to the 2023 under 19 uh, uh, World Cup. Um, and I, I like what you brought in there about the uh, about the uh, Adidas Next Generation Tournament Belgrade. Uh, what, next generation team is that that's right that's what it's called right next generation teams yeah. that are being selected by adidas um all right uh anything else no i mean do you know how will they make these teams will be like regional um, stuff? I, I i think the the sun the moon and the stars might know but that's that's yeah. about it that's about it uh no i mean i as far as i know adidas are selecting it um, and um, I, I imagine, I imagine it'll be uh, somehow trying to make it uh, as regional as possible to limit the the, the travel necessary. Uh, I would imagine that uh, whether that means only Balkan kids in this tournament, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe a Polish kid. Uh, I, don't, I have no idea. I really have no. Uh, I'm. <laughs> Um, uh, there's no insider knowledge uh, coming from me, no insider trading and so, <laughs> anything like that. Uh, as, as soon as everybody else figures out, that's when I f- figure out too, very, very often. So, um, I'm looking forward to just to uh, as much as everybody else is. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how they'll make it, but I imagine it has to be announced in the next week. I, I imagine Euro Hoops or, uh, yeah, Euro Hoops, Euro Hopes or. You know, one of those uh, uh, you know youth uh, basketball story breakers uh, are going to be announcing you know leaking some names whatever soon, because it's in two weeks you know and the kids are going to have to know and some kid, you know is going to you know you know you know tweet out uh, a, a letter or you know <laughs> or whatever who knows, uh, yeah. you know so um, all right anything else Marco or we'll let you, we'll let everybody go. No, I mean I think I said enough. Yes, you've said enough. You've made you've made silly comparisons. No, just kidding. Uh, all right, Marco, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you, read your words, and we will uh, get on our days. Yeah, on Twitter at Turk Marco with that below at the end. All right, fantastic, Marco. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. Yeah.